0: welcome to the podcast today we have some new social distancing extensions going on till april 30th uh, according to the president we'll get into that and what it actually means uh pat gray joins us uh we have some good news about the cheesecake factory which is probably the most important thing we covered today uh representative thomas massey who is the guy who uh was voting and trying to hold up the uh the the instant passing of $2 trillion in Congress. He joins us to explain what he was trying to do. Um, and uh, we talk about uh, whether uh, your money is safe in the bank and in your investments and how long will this actually go on. We get into that today as well. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some of the stuff as well in Stu Does America tonight. Go over and subscribe to that. Also rate and review this podcast as you uh, as, yeah, take a minute and just step on over. Click five stars write something glowing about glenn or whatever and then uh move on with your day uh here's the podcast
1: you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program
2: our daily stats total confirmed cases worldwide 735,000 this is up from 524,000 on friday we are now hitting 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 the doubling of numbers here in the united states total confirmed deaths worldwide friday it was 24 today it's 34,804 The cases confirmed recovered 155 that's also significantly up 125 since Friday five cases 5% of active cases worldwide are considered serious needing hospitalization now 11% in the US of confirmed cases require hospitalization roughly on par with Italy who is at 12% hospitalization The U.S. now has 142,000 confirmed cases, 200, I'm sorry, 2,489 deaths. So, you know, Friday, the confirmed cases were 85,000. Today, that number is 142,000 confirmed cases. Friday, we had 1,300 deaths. Today, we have 2,400. In the U.S., 20,220 citizens are officially hospitalized with COVID-19. Another 6,402 with presumptive positive cases waiting for test results. The United States of America now leads the world in total confirmed cases with 45,000 more cases than Italy. Although Italy leads the world in deaths with 10,799 officially dead as of today. Oh, uh, let's look at some of the other news. Hey, we got to do this through April 30th. Trump administration, no matter what the media said about Donald Trump, Donald Trump was not going to was not going to say everybody back to work tomorrow. He wasn't going to do that. He what he said last week is I'd like to have everybody back by Easter, but that's our goal. Let's see. And I'll look at the numbers. Well, he looked at the numbers and he thinks that we need these extreme uh, restrictions until April 30th. That was announced last night. Um, COVID-19 epidemic in New York continues. The 911 system has been overwhelmed officially. The emergency system receiving now over 7,000 calls a day, more than any other time since 9-11. The system had broken three records in just the last few days. With nearly 8,700 calls on Thursday, many of the calls are from people with high fevers and flu-like symptoms. It's a war zone, said one of the paramedics. There's no way we can respond to this many emergency calls. They have now stopped, suspended CPR and artificial respiration. By Friday, more than 206 uh, emergency technicians from the New York Fire Department had tested positive for COVID-19. Another 750 NYPD officers have also tested positive. More than 10% of New York's police force is currently offline now due to infection or quarantine due to the suspected infection. My daughter came to me and said, for the first time, I'm glad we moved out of New York, Dad. I can see... Why you said we should get out of there. <laughs> yeah. One paramedic who chose not to be named estimated over 20% of the 9-11 calls. 911 calls were going unanswered. 20% no units responding. Yet another scene out of a Hollywood movie that we've only seen in movies. A field hospital being set up yesterday in Central Park. Meanwhile, people were still gathering in the park. The US state-by-state travel restrictions and warnings have now gone into effect. CDC issues stark travel warnings to New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut residents, urging residents not to travel out of their home states in case unless it's in case of an emergency. Florida has restricted travel from New York, Louisiana, Mississippi amid the outbreak, forcing travelers to either turn around or submit to a mandatory 14-day quarantine. Florida's governor has indefinitely closed all of the vacation rentals to any out-of-state travelers notifying existing renters to finish your stay and go home. Quarantines for fines and uh, uh, and out-of-state travelers. This is crazy. New York and Rhode Island both restrict travel from New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, including... Those with vacation or summer homes in the state, both states are using the National Guard troops to, endure, to enforce the travel restrictions and requiring 14 day quarantines on any out of state travelers. Hawaii has now arrested two and issued warnings to more than 70 tourists who violated shelter in place warnings. Can you imagine being stuck in a hotel someplace? What that must be like? Oof. Nevada reportedly considering closing the border to California, according to the Los Angeles Times. When is the last time you heard that about, uh, heard about that in history, Stu? I mean, this is how crazy it is. Nevada closing its quarter, uh, border with California. Yeah, I mean, stuff Isn't that stuff doesn't the dust happen.
0: Bowl? Yeah, I mean, it really yeah. just doesn't. It's not one of those things that happens. The same thing was being talked about with Rhode Island, as they're basically trying to quarantine people who are coming into Rhode Island from other states, initially starting with New York, but now supposedly
2: to the entire country. I got a new punishment for my kids. If they were a little younger, it'd be a little more effective. You you screw up, you don't take care of the stuff. You gotta watch another episode of The Stand with me tonight. <laughs> don't. <I> mean, <laughs> Or we're just living that. You don't think right? that would freak him out? Yeah, freak him out. No, Dad, don't make me watch the stand. What's really happening?
0: I was amused that that the like number one and number two movies on Netflix was Outbreak and Contagion. It's like you guys are in the middle I of that
2: one. Why are you watching it right now? Sounds like a bad I idea. Know. So we got we we got a bunch of games. One of them is called Pandemic, and I realized why games aren't more popular. I, I, I didn't want to figure out how any of them worked. You're talking about just, you know just I mean? board games generally? <laughs> yeah, just board games. We got a bunch of board games. Uh, and, you know, last, last Monday we had, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Rob Eno on. Who's yeah. a, he's, a, he's a game master. Uh, and, uh, and so we said, you know, give us the best board games. We got them all. Nah, mm-mm. So lot I don't want to learn how to play any of them. Yeah, A lot yeah. of rules. They yeah. were all like, and "Then if this goes on, I'm like, nah, open up the next box. By, by the third game, my son said, you just don't want to play. And I'm like, "Yeah, could be, could be. I just don't want to learn it. I don't want to learn it. You guys learn it, figure out how to play it. I'll watch and then I'll jump in. But I'm not interested. I think it's the extreme guy thing. You know, when when it comes to like building bikes, you know, for Christmas and everything else, the handlebars are usually missing on the bikes that I would buy, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, be like, I didn't. Well, there was an extra piece. I didn't. Huh? Missing. I don't know what happened to that piece. I don't like reading directions, but when it comes to board games, to have fun, read directions to have fun. I'm out. <laughs> it really is. Just, that because it's it's so much usually on those games especially
0: like the the quote unquote better the game is the harder it is to get to learn and and the how many different rules there are and changes of the rules and and you know very specific circumstances where you have to know exactly which thing to do in what order it's like all right like i this is supposed to be fun am i am I doing my taxes what 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 are
2: we doing here I know and it's like and it's like the, the you know this one game had like you know and uh, you'll have to take the the ice crystals. Uh, you should have 12 ice crystals and i'm like ice crystals what the hell are the ice crystals? you mean the little white plastic pieces (laughs) just call them little white plastic pieces (laughs) and from here on out you can call them you know i just i spend all this time looking at the pieces going i don't know what is this well this is the turbo uh engine of the no it's not it's a little black piece just call it a little black piece (laughs) oh Anyway, uh, just one week after the Mexican government uh, claimed that poor people are immune. It looks like the epidemic is is evident now in Mexico, Mexico. I love this. Mexico's response was late, wrong, slow, and many people are going to die. According to Dr. Carlos Del Rio, an infectious disease specialist at Hmm. Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, there's no reason to believe the virus here should behave differently among this population. Cases are growing in Mexico exponentially. I'm telling you, as a matter of national security, we need to close our borders. Close. The borders, especially the Mexican for border. people coming over
0: because they've done yes. absolutely nothing. They had they were doing soccer matches way after like our NBA seasons were, you know, was, was canceled. The, the 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 president has been walking around down there, uh you know, doing meet and greets. It, you know, it is a complete disaster. They've done nothing. And Glenn, no, they, what have they done with Trump and his response? They've been critical the entire way, despite the fact that he did the first, you know, international flight quarantine in 50 years incredibly early in the middle of all this from china um and he, we've gone over like uh, they've done a lot of stuff
2: here we obviously he have closed did the he did the, all of the flight changes in europe as well and they bitched about that yeah that was stunning when he did that he was the first and they've been trashing him the
0: entire time now they're trashing him because yeah. he, he was talking about a potential quarantine of new york which andrew cuomo thought wasn't neighborly which apparently is is what we're worried about right now being if, if you know if you're neighborly enough which the entire concept of what we're doing right now is not neighborly. I don't know if anyone's noticed that. But you know what the, what the, what the uh, title was for the way Mexico uh, responded in mid-March from the New York Times? Now, they've been no. trashing Trump the entire time at every little step, everything he hasn't done enough, he hasn't focused enough. The uh, Mexico response was, was this. Me- we call for calm. Mexico's restrained response to the coronavirus. Oh, they were, they were, they were showing restraint. They were, they were showing restraint. restraint. Trump, every single thing he does is evil and racist, but they were just showing restraint in not doing anything and having giant 50,000 person soccer matches after everything else on earth had been canceled.
2: And just last week, they actually came out. A, a governor of one of the states came out and said, rich people, this is a rich people disease. Mm-hmm. Poor people can't get it. Like coronavirus is checking your bank account <laughs> or something.
0: What restraint? It's ridiculous. What restraint they're showing there by I, letting, I, I'm letting telling people
2: you, know. I'm telling you, we are going to be in it. will happen in California. That's already going to have a problem. We should be setting up these portable hospitals. Up at the border. We should be doing something right now. I don't want to be taking care of people, but it's going to happen. You're going to have a humanitarian crisis on the border. The left is going to be screaming about it, and it's going to be Donald Trump's fault. He should move on this to protect our border right now. If we had a fence, we wouldn't have this problem, but you know, why have a fence? This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're so glad that you have uh, shown up. And Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, which you can listen to on podcast at any time. Welcome, Pat. How are you? You may also listen live right before this show. I'm good. Oh, I'm shut great. Up. I'm perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect nearly perfect (laughs) you know in every way in every every way way. you're practically mary poppins Uh in that sort of almost uh yeah, uh, so there's some good news here for the president. Washington uh, Post ABC News poll surveyed the national support among registered voters uh, in head to head. Vice President uh, uh, Biden had a seven point lead in February that has now gone down to two points, putting Trump and Biden basically at a statistical tie. Uh, But when you actually look at who's excited, 43% of voters say they would trust Biden more to handle the coronavirus, with 47% saying they would trust Donald Trump more to manage the crisis. The economic front, this is where he's going to crush. 52% of registered voters say they would prefer Trump to manage the economy. 42% say Biden would do a better job. And I love Mm. this note from the Washington Post. The poll's margin of error is 3.5, meaning the coronavirus answer is closer than it seems. Could be mm. further as well. Right. Uh, I think. Yes. Uh, just 28% of Biden supporters are very enthusiastic about him as a candidate, whereas 46% are somewhat enthusiastic. 55% of those who support Trump say they are very enthusiastic. 32 say they are somewhat enthusiastic. And that's really what wins elections.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fun to note the Bernie voters, too. The, the Bernie voters that have said, if, if Bernie's not the nominee, they're voting for Trump. Like 15% of them. Mm. Uh, that's a pretty high percentage, if that turns out to be true. That could swing the election for sure. What, and w- but what do you make of the Fox News polls that show Biden over Trump in swing counties by 25 points? That's, what? Really? Wow. That's uh, that's I mean, that's amazing. The guy has checked out for the most part yeah. <laughs> who's who's voting for him to that extent. And, and look, polls this entire time have showed <laughs> Biden with a lead over Trump in almost every poll. Yeah, they have. Again, that a lot of that doesn't mean you know, when it's a primary, it's one side's getting all the attention. You don't you haven't seen any there hasn't been any back and forth, right? Trump hasn't said mm-hmm. lots of critical things. They haven't had debates where Biden's fallen on his face. It's it's pretty typical that that's the way it would play out. That being said, we are now in a, I guess, a general election. Though everyone seems to think Andrew Cuomo is going to be the nominee for some reason, <laughs>
2: out of nowhere, which is bizarre. I think he is. I, I think he is. I just don't yeah. think. I just don't think you can run Joe Biden. I just don't think it's going to happen. I just I don't think he's going to make it that long. The interesting he is not he's not good no he's terrible but Cuomo is horrible yeah. what has this oh, man yeah, yeah, done yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. he's been a disaster yeah. he's given news over... conferences every day yeah and they've and what, what has what he he's done? done he's reversed his own decisions 10 times each yeah he's 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 implemented well, positions that have led to the largest crisis in the entire coronavirus saga mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. He has not been able to reverse it. He's been sitting here complaining the entire time to no avail. This has been a disaster for him. And and my, by the way, as late as what, March 17th, he was telling people that it, the panic was unwarranted. It was two weeks ago. <laughs> Two weeks ago, how is this guy... Like, this just shows how little confidence they have in Biden that they would even consider but you're not get that.
2: You're not going to get that anywhere else. You're not going to get that from mainstream media. They'll never report on that. I mean, uh, look at, um, uh, not Bloomberg, but uh, de Blasio. Mm-hmm. De Blasio just was just going to the gym last week. Remember? <laughs> yeah. He was like, I'm going to close the gym tonight, but I'm going to go and get a last workout in. Uh, he's now saying... Uh, To the press, who is who is after him, and he's like, "Look, what do you what do you? We don't need to talk about the past. We need to focus on the future." (laughs) I mean, he's he is getting slammed. the 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 poll results now of um, of uh, of Cuomo are really he's like showing like eighty seven percent approval rating in the state of New York, which is weird because almost half the cases in the united states come from new york alone
0: and that's a part of that could be rallying around the executive in charge it happens all the time in war uh, whether you know at the end of the day you look at the war and you judge it right but during the war usually there's a rally around the executive and that's the one worry you'd think about with trump and his numbers as well which they look really good on coronavirus right now the question mm-hmm. is you know is that and just a yeah and the economy the question is is that just one of those things where people are rallying behind him because he's kind of the face of this and in charge and, and we need we really want him to succeed so badly? That could be yeah, the case and, with 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 uh, Cuomo.
2: And remember, George Bush, 41, he was really popular like mm-hmm. six months before. Mm-hmm. Uh, And that turned completely around by the time the election. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now, what the polls say right now. It can completely change. Uh, I have a feeling if we are, though, in a a depression, uh, it's different than just the economy going soft and people losing jobs. I think when you look at who you're going to have rebuild the country, I think Americans will go to Donald Trump because the average American does look at him as a guy who's built an empire and knows how to get things done. Uh, And I think that's if you're watching his press conferences, that's what you're getting from him right now is this 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 look of like, wow, he I mean, he knows what he's doing here uh, and he's listening to the experts and he's getting things Mm -hmm. done. And I think that'll go a long way if the if the economy is in really bad shape. So, I think he'd actually do well. So, what do you guys think is the mechanism in which Cuomo
0: replaces Biden? How does that work? He's way ahead in the delegates. Obviously, Cuomo's
2: not on any of the ballots. So, what do you? What's the? I, I, I'd have to have. So, to, I've been reading up on this. Right? I th- yeah, I think up at the convention. Mm-hmm. I think if they, you know, the head of the convention just gets up and goes. I mean, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> right? Oh, the guys clause. Right? Uh, yeah. Come yeah. on, guys. Come yeah. on it's the come, guys. On, guys. come, on. It's the come yeah. on guys clause. the come on guys clause. Yeah. Guys, I mean, look. <laughs> look at him. Uh, not a chance. Not a
0: chance. I guess that could be it. I mean, part of me thinks that there is a path to get you know, Cuomo or someone else to be the nominee if they say, look, COVID-19 too serious. We can't hold the rest of these primaries. No one's got the delegates. It's just going to be a contested convention. Um, because if you run these actual elections, whether you want him to or not, most likely Biden's going to wind up being the nominee because he's going to get above the delegates needed. He doesn't need to perform well to get there at this point. So, I, you know, you think he's probably would get there if, if these things are actually held. I guess if you cancel all of them, though. And what is it next? Is it next week? It's next Tuesday, right? The um, yeah, next but one, finally? I think they're all... They're all canceled. There's one it's that not, oh, they are canceled. Most of them are moved or canceled. Yeah, not happen. Some of them have been like mail-in only situations. They've converted to mail-in only. But I don't think there's any. Wow. There may be one that's still scheduled to run as normal. Uh,
2: but you can't. There's I, no way. I mean, uh, next week and the week after. The, these two weeks are the peak now. <clears throat> you know, the next 15 days. Yeah. Th- this is when it is all supposed to peak. And there's no way next week you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go out into the polls. you going to vote. you yeah. go out and vote. <laughs> not, a, not a chance. If a million I'm of my closest friends. friends. Yeah, I'm going to go happen. out and vote for Joe Biden. No. <laughs> no. We always talk happen. about
0: that. Like, I go out and walk through a wall of fire to vote for this candidate. They're not, that's not Joe Biden. And, you know, wall of fire is one thing, you know, potentially getting they sick. Walk out
2: and, with, the, they know. will walk out for, with, a, with a match. There's a match on the ground. It's not even on fire. I ain't going out there. Not for Joe Biden. No way. No way. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts congressman thomas massey uh has been in congress now since uh, 2012 i think he's he's one of my favorites he stands up for what is right uh he faced an impossible decision i think last week uh last week the congress wanted to pass this this spending bill of two trillion dollars the largest spending package in american history and wanted to do it uh just as a just as a you know uh, a, a no contest i uh, can't remember Sue, so what do they what do they call those votes um where unanimous you just do, you don't have to even unanimous consent well nobody was even there nobody was even there so Chama, thomas massey got into his car on thursday and started driving towards the capitol because he felt that everybody needed to be there essential workers i mean this would be essential part of your job wouldn't it congress um and he wanted to be there and he said, we, we've got to have everybody vote on this. This this is huge and it's full of waste and everything else. Well, no good deed goes unpunished. That's not popular on either side. Thomas Massey is here to join us and, and to tell us wh- what he was thinking and what he's thinking now. Hi, Thomas. How are you?
1: How you doing, Glenn? Look, this was about Congress trying to avoid accountability for the largest wealth transfer from the middle class to the moneyed class in the history of mankind. Even the Roman emperors couldn't pull this off. And they like you said, they wanted to do it by unanimous consent. Now, they first said, we don't need to be there. And I said, no, the Constitution says otherwise. To do legislative business, at least half of you need to be there. Then they said, we can't make it on time. I said, you're telling people to stay home. Of course they're not going to get here on time if you're telling them to stay home. And by the way, my intention wasn't to delay this bill. That's why I shared my strategy with the leadership days before, so they could get everybody there in time, but they were still telling everybody to stay home. Then they said, this is the, this is the rich one here. It's not safe for us. They're, listen, mm-hmm. 96 senators made it to work. That on Tuesday, I can tell you we should have been able to get at least 50% of our members there, especially when these congressmen are telling the truck drivers, keep driving. They're telling the farmers, keep farming. They're telling the grocery baggers, bring it out to our car for us, please. Right? But these congressmen who are making $174,000 a year and getting their health care paid for by the taxpayer said, we don't want to go to work. But the truth came out on Friday when I asked for the recorded vote. And before that, I had discussions with Kevin McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi, and that's what it became clear to me. Nancy Pelosi said, we don't want a recorded vote because there's some members who aren't here, and we don't want them to have political fallout for not being here. You know, some of them are sick. And we'll go out and explain why you didn't come to Congress. If, but the reality was, Kevin McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi were trying to protect their incumbents from primary challengers. They didn't want them to go on the record. And so here's where I called their bluff, and here was Checkmate on Friday. They said, we won't have enough members there to pass it, and you'll delay it a day. Well, when I asked for the recorded vote, they refused the recorded vote, at which point I demanded a quorum call. At that point, they, they pulled people in the room, they put them up in the gallery, they maintained social distancing. I don't know how many people were there. They said there was a quorum. Okay, if there, if there wasn't a quorum, they were violating the Constitution. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say there was a quorum. Why didn't they take the vote then? It would have passed. That's when I called their bluff on it.
2: So wait, so they, when you call a quorum, don't you have to count? Huh. They said they counted. It took
1: him like one second, the guy in the Speaker's chair. He, he turned his head from left to right. He said a quorum is here. And I'd already war game this with the parliamentarian. He said it's not debatable. you can't you can't uh, appeal it the 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 speaker's count is absolute. Uh,
2: so then he and he says if there is a quorum, he has the right to say we're not voting on it.
1: That's correct. And this is the first time since I've been in Congress, Glenn, that they've ever denied a request for a recorded vote. the first time ever on the biggest bill ever. And listen, if this had been a Manhattan-type project where we said, we're going we're gonna to make ventilators like we've never made them before, we're going to come up with the antigen antibody test, which is required, and we're going to guarantee every American that you can get a test, regardless of whether you're a grocery bagger or a politician or a celebrity, because that's the only way we get out of this. But it wasn't that bill. This was a, this was a wealth transfer. Do the, I'm asking your listeners to do the math. $6 trillion, let's say there's a uh, 100 million families in the United States, that's $60,000 per family, and they're offering $1,200 checks. The $1,200 check is the cheese in the trap.
2: You're saying that each of us paid $60,000, and we're yeah. only getting a $1,200 check.
1: Yes, that's what's going to happen, and there's some other stuff in this bill that's not even unraveled yet. That when people find out what's going on, when the Fed starts playing in the stock market and the, and the Congress can't look at you want to talk about insider trading. What does it mean when somebody who knows when the interest rates are going to move can can take positions in the stock market? That's bad enough, but what does it mean when somebody who can move interest rates can take positions in the stock market? Like, the... the Mom and dad back home, who are trying to invest, make smart decisions in their 401k, or maybe they're investing directly in the stock market. How do they have a chance with that kind of insider trading going on?
2: So, Thomas, uh, you you took a beating from Donald Trump. You're up for re-election. Uh, you had to know this was not going to be popular uh, and not popular with him or anybody else. Uh, what's the fallout there, and and what do you, what do you, what what's happening?
1: Well, and I know, I, people say I did this for political advantage. Look, my my reelection was. <laughs> I know, isn't it laughable?
2: Yeah, now it I've is. Got, yeah, it is.
1: Now I've got big, big dark money after me. Now I've got three tweets from the president after me. Do you think that helps me in an election? It does not mm. help me. But there's two reasons I did this, Glenn. I don't want people to think I went down and lit myself on fire just for, just you know, because I didn't have a plan. Number one, people can have hope if at least one person will fight. But when everybody in Congress hides from the accountability, people lose all hope. So that's number one. Number two, strategically, think about this: if we had all stayed home and let Nancy Pelosi pass this bill with only her in this in the speaker's chair and one person on the floor that sets her up for this fourth bill which if you listen to the democrats debate even just listen to nancy pelosi take her at her word she says the third bill was just a down payment and now they're going to come out with a fourth bill and we would have paved the way for her to just put that gavel down with nobody there and everybody would have thought it was normal to stay home but now her democratic members are going to say really Nancy, you're going to do this because Massey's going to drag our asses. I'm sorry, can I say that? Anyways, Massey's going to drag us into uh, the chamber again, and we don't want to do it. We want to stay home. So this makes it harder for Pelosi to get her agenda across. And I would argue it strengthens Donald Trump's hand in the next negotiation to know that Nancy Pelosi can't run the tables with nobody there.
2: So how much did they run the tables? I mean, how much? How much of this stuff in there is coming from Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and well, and their ilk?
1: Most of it's coming from the moneyed class. Of course, they're promoting. They're getting the things they want. There's there's the taste of socialism here, and it's a taste of thing. It's a preview of coming attractions. But w- w- the really bad part about this is they're, the they're saying to the shareholders and the big bankers not the mom-and-pop banks, but the big banks, they're saying, we're going to make you whole. You're going to be just fine. And we're, we're, going to, we're going to socialize the risks that you've taken. Now, they privatize the gains, and they socialize the risks. And that's a big problem, because it's, it's mom and dad who are holding the bag on this one. And they're, with the inflation that's coming, if you've saved any money for retirement, they don't even have to open your safe to take it out. They're going to devalue the dollar.
2: Thomas, uh, a message for the White House or the president at all? Any kind of, I mean, I know you don't... Yeah, I've got several. I mean, I know you're on the side of the the president. Most times, you're on the side of the president.
1: My message is this. Uh, Donald Trump was misled by the moneyed class, who I believe they, were, they had insider trading. I believe there were puts and calls and market... Uh, positions taken for that bill to pass on Friday, and that's why they were so panicked when one voice stood up. They were all mad at me. But I did this in a professional way. I told the the leadership that I was going to ask for the vote, and ultimately it wasn't even delayed for one minute. So I would say to the president, look back. All that came out of this is I made Congress come to work, and I've strengthened his hand going forward. And I know I've kicked the hornet's nest, and if he's going to come against me in this election, so be it. I hope not. Uh, I would remind you, Glenn, he said he was going to come after Mark Meadows when Mark voted against the Republican health care bill, and now Mark's his chief of staff. Now, I'm not applying for chief of staff. I just want to tell you there is life after after the mean streak. But but my my website is thomasmassey.com. I've kicked the hornet's nest. If anybody still believes in America... If anybody believes you should show up to work, if you're a congressman, please support me in this. ThomasMassie.com. I am going to take a beating in this election.
2: Thomas, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm always, uh, I always like the underdog. I always like the underdog, and um, especially one with principles. I personally wish he wouldn't have done this, um, but uh, because I would have liked him to be there for a very long time, and I think this is going to hurt him. Uh, But not if people rally around uh, and help him. Uh, Representative Thomas Massey.